Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Guests in Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open for takeout and delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Altoff will take care of you at Roos Chris, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We are joined by our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show. Former Edmonton Oilers player from NHL Hockey and Rogers, one of their uh, top analysts, Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. How are you? Hey, Bob. Doing well today. How are you doing? I uh, didn't think we'd be talking this early about the conclusion of the Oilers' playoff uh, season. No, I agree. I, I think, you know, going into that series, I don't think anybody, myself included, I said on your show, I believe six or seven, I really thought it was going to go the distance. It was going to be a battle. I knew it wasn't going to be a walkover. I knew it was going to be a very difficult series. But uh, you know what? Sometimes the playoffs can be unmerciful. You know, you, you crunch the numbers, you look at it, three one-goal games in overtime, another one-goal game for game one that was two empty net goals. I just don't think that if I would have told you that before the series, that all four goals are going to be decided by one goal, would the others be out of the series? I think that nobody would have said yes. And uh, even the experts that picked Winnipeg, I don't think they thought it was going to be in four. Um I just think that uh, that's the playoff sometimes. And, and for Edmonton, they couldn't find that next one. Winnipeg was able to find that next one, and they won the four games because of it. Well, there was certainly greater separation, as an example, between Dallas and Edmonton in the regular season in 96-97, Louis, than there was between Edmonton and Winnipeg this year. <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got the better goaltending in that series, and it's not that like Mike Smith was bad. Yeah. Mike Smith was Mike Smith was fine. He gave Edmonton good enough goaltending to win, but the Oilers ran into a stopper, a guy that had won the Vezina Trophy, and some yep. say, well, maybe Edmonton didn't grind enough and didn't create enough traffic in front of Connor Hellebuck, but at the end of the day, he had a 950 save percentage, Louie, and when a goalie has a 950 save percentage in a series, it's damn hard to win. It's really 
damn hard to win. And you know what? I agree with you. I think Mike Smith had a terrific series. You know, it's really unfortunate when you get that type of goaltending and you just don't get the run support at the time that it counts to finish the game off because that's, that was, that's the difference in the series. You know, when you really look at it, um, I don't blame Mike Smith. I think that he had a terrific series. I think that it was really hard-fought, tight-checking hockey with two teams that, if you give them chances, can put the puck in the back of the net. So both goalies had to be excellent. But, you know, game two, um, you know, for me, listen, I thought Mike Smith in game two had to be the better goalie early. The game was over if he wasn't. You know, there's no question he had to stand on his head to keep them in that game early. But then Edmonton adjusted and started to rebound, and eventually, I thought, started to take over portions of that game where they were certainly the better team. Um, Same thing with game three. There was back and forth where, you know, you know, you look at it, and Edmonton's in control for a certain time of the game, and you know what? Then all of a sudden, they just find a way to score a goal in overtime. Even though they had great chances, they couldn't finish it off. Same thing with game four. I truly believe that could have gone either way. So in the balance like that, I think that's what makes it so hard to take for people, Bob, is the yeah. fact that they look at those games, and it was such a fine margin of winning or, or losing that you just look at it when you're on the, the negative side of that, really essentially four games in a row, you just say, wow, that's just a bad beat. But, you know, listen, I, I really do think, though, and I know that people are, are obviously upset about this, and rightfully so because they're passionate fans, and I get it. But for me, I look at this right now as the Oilers making the playoffs for two years in a row at the end of the regular season. Yes, we know it ended early last year. Yes, it was a shortened season this year. But at the end of both of those seasons, the Edmonton Oilers were in a playoff spot for two years in a row. That's the first time that's happened in a long, long time. So that is a step forward for me. I look at that and say, okay, that's the first step. The first step is making sure that you're a perennial team that's going into the playoffs, just making it into the playoffs and giving yourself a chance. Now the next step, and why I believe that this is the most important offseason for the Edmonton Oilers since I've been covering the team in 13 years, this is the most important offseason for them because now to take that next step, you have to make sure you're doing the right things to build a team around a core that is already there. That's my that's my opinion. I think this is a super important, the most important offseason since I've been um, covering this team. We're joined right now by Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis, I want to read you a text because we played the Ethan Bear uh, response to what occurred uh, on social media. I just received this text, and it said, Bob, the Ethan Bear situation is that the media blows all the stuff out of proportion. You do a great job, but why is Sportsnet uh, talking about George Floyd? Did he play sports? Uh, the text goes on. I would say that this situation, we tried to, you know, when the height of George Floyd, uh, the George Floyd situation in the U.S. was taking place, we got Kevin Weeks coming up and George LaRock coming up. We had them on the show at the time. Kevin was not a regular at that stage. But there was no games taking place. In the situation involving Ethan Bear, he's one of ours. He's one of our players. He's, he's, he's with the Edmonton Oilers organization. So that's going to be part. I mean, it shouldn't happen with any organization in the league, first of all. But secondly, he's an Oiler, and this show is called Oilers Now. It, I got text the other I was waiting because I knew the team was going to put out a, an official response. I was waiting for that to occur. I had people text me yesterday on a day in which we had Jason Kenny 
do his announcement for uh, from 11:45 to 12:30, and then we had Ken Holland from we had a book show, and I'm waiting for the. I knew the orders were going to put something out later in the day. That's why I waited. I had people text me yesterday, "Why aren't you talking about this?" And now I got a guy saying, "Why you you know why do, why do people blow these situations out of uh, uh, proportion?" I got to find. Well, I, I got to suggest. No. I'm a little bit surprised by that. I think it's the root of the evil, though, isn't it? That's the whole point of this, is that it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. This affects everybody in every different walk of life, and especially people that have had to deal with racism. I mean, here's the thing. Like, we all should be talking about this. This is, this is, not, this is not just about sports. It's not about being out of sports. This is about us as a society, as a people. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. This is about us as a whole. So... You know what? First and foremost, I give Ethan Bear a lot of credit because he stood up and he faced people. And, I, and, I, and I'm telling you, that had to be really, you know, hard in a certain aspect for him to step up in front of everybody. I don't, I don't think people in general like to step up and talk to everybody. I don't like to be the front and center of attention, especially in these types of situations. But I know that to his core, he truly believes that. And great for him. Great for him for stepping up and having the courage to stand up and say, you know what? I'm not just going to take this. I'm not just going to let this go by the wayside. So, I mean, I'm getting, I, I just, you know, awesome, Ethan. You know, that, that's wicked. And you know what? You have a ton of people behind you. And I think yes. that as this, there'll be more and more and more people that will be on your side and see it the same way. Um, and, and you know what? Listen, you're allowing ignorant people to get attention throughout this is what, what this really comes down to me. Is, and I look at this and it's just disgusting that we're still at this point in our stages of life yeah, that yeah, we yeah. have to listen to these people spew this crap and yeah. you know what it's just ignorance that's all it is so you know what it's pretty it's it, 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 for me i just i just i'm really i'm really for me i'm proud of the way he stepped up i'm proud of the way his oilers teammates stepped up i'm proud of the way people step up and they support this because that's what it's all about so to answer the question back full circle no, you should be talking about this, Bob. We should right. be talking about this right now, not just because Ethan Bear is an Edmonton Oiler, but because Ethan Bear is a member of our world and our society. Simple as that. It's because he's part of us in our community. So, you know, I mean, yeah. So, Louis, I'm yeah, gonna read that's you a couple. It. That's really I'll, as simple as it gets. I'll read me. you a couple. I'll, a couple more texts here, Bob. The way Ethan Bear handled it just shows that he's had to endure this bullcrap for years. He's a true champion to make it this far while dealing with all those low-browed people constantly telling him he he wasn't good enough. Uh, Bob, can the Oilers ban racist individuals from attending games as they do in English football? I, I just uh, well. You know what, listen, I'm on that same point. (laughs) You know how I I feel about social media, right? And you know, I mean, I'm not real good on social media. I don't really partake in a lot. I don't look at it a lot. Truthfully, I don't. And you just, I just, because I, because of the fact that there's anonymity. For me, if we want to get over this, then the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and whatever the new, new rage is, TikTok or whatever it is, until you have to put your face and name to an account, then you shouldn't be able to get an account. Simple as that. And yeah. until that happens, this crap's still going to happen. So yes, well, I know we're I know we're in a mega media world here, and I understand that. I get that. But at the same time, until the people in charge start to make that a mandatory thing to get an account in the first place, where you have to actually link it to an identification, a governmental ID, then you know what? This is not going to go away. People can hide behind their screen, they can hide behind their keyboard, and they can say and do whatever they want, and there's no repercussions for it. 
This texter JM says overblown. That the texter suggested overblown. If that texter doesn't recognize the overt racism towards Indigenous people in Canada, and especially on the prairies, says Jim, then this person is part of the problem. Well, I would suggest to you that virtually every Canadian that I know uh, would that, that's had any sense of history would acknowledge there's been historic and systemic racism against Indigenous people in this country. It's just the reality of the situation. that It has occurred when we look to our past in Canada and still obviously in our present, there has been historic and systemic racism against Indigenous people. Nobody would... I think we'd all... Like, you know, Louis, you and me have the privilege of traveling in the States. We see... Uh, you know, people say, well, Canada has a uh, quieter racism or a more polite racism, but it still exists. And in the States, what you see is a separation of wealth and then specific communities that, that deal with challenges. And so... And, and again, this show is going in a little bit different direction than I was hoping because I really kind of wanted to do a postmortem on the season that was for the Edmonton Oilers. But I was, and I like you, Louis, was just I'm I'm kind of, you know, I heard Ryan uh, Rashog at another on uh, on on Dustin's show this morning. I was just like, and I agree with him. I just like I, I'm I kind of was hoping we were past that, and maybe, you know what, may, you know what I mean. I I, really, I think that's so, making it more surprising is what we've what we've gone through here in the last year, especially yeah. you know where it's even. Rightfully so, more in the right. forefront, and right. I just, you know, it makes yeah. it even more ignorant. You yeah, know, it does. Just, it just makes it even more. Because you scratch your head even more and go, seriously, like, yeah. who are these people? Like, honestly, yeah. that's what we want to know. That's what we really should be asking: is who are these people? Yeah. Well, Isn't that the right question there. we should be asking? Because don't we want to know? I'd like to know. I'd like to know if it's one of my friends or somebody that I know that's spewing that on social media. I certainly would like to know. Yeah. So that's the question we it's need to ask ourselves. We need we need to know who it is. You know, and it's it. You know, Louis, I can tell, and I know that we follow each other on Twitter, and virtually everything that I tweet is specific to either the orders of today or the order. You know, like I'll recognize a significant moment in orders history and have some. There, there's a couple. I'm going to assume they're younger individuals, and they'll go. You know. You're an old man. Quit talking about this stuff in the '80s. I'm sick. And, and my guess is they probably weren't around to watch it because for for people of a certain vintage, 50 plus, the, the, those people like to re, you know reminisce on, on which is not to take away anything from the here and now and the Edmonton Oilers and how exciting things are carrying forward here in the future. And it, you know, Louis, the team didn't get to where they wanted to go. We're gonna we're gonna transition out of it. But the point I was making, Louis, just about Twitter is I try to avoid social commentary as much as possible. Because it just. Ends I agree. Up, I hear you. It's you know, it's you're, you're, it's a, it's. But this this thing that happened with Ethan, and we played Ethan's comments uh, from, uh, you know, his statement yesterday in the first half hour of the show, like on a show called Oilers. Now we're not going to not talk about. I mean, come on, man, give your head a shake. All right, let's let's get let's get it back let's get back to the folks. Louis, here's the thing. I've, and I've got people saying, oh, Stafford, you're always positive about the team. Well, there's a reason why I'm positive. Because they got two of the best players in the world, and they had a guy like Darnell Nurse who emerged as a legitimate top-pairing defenseman. And, Louis, those are the hardest-working guys. So how does that help them in terms of, you know, maybe the uh, or, organic growth that might occur with the likes of a Pugliarvi or Yamamoto or a McLeod or a Holloway up front in the future and Bouchard and Broberg on defense? 
it's essential. You have to have it. I mean, listen, there's a lot of teams that don't have that that are continually spinning the wheel trying to find that. You know, the most important part of having a good team is having a good core. Well, obviously, this core is pretty strong. And you know, one of the strongest in the league. So for, for Ken Holland, for the management group right now, it's about building around that. And listen, Ken Holland in two years has done that. He's reshuffled the deck twice. He's done changed some things. And obviously there's going to be situations like contracts that are existing that he's going to have to deal with and he's going to have to wait, which he has for a couple of years. But that's why I'm saying this year, when you look at it, up front they have 10 free agents in their forward group, six of them UFAs. Three important UFAs in the back end. I mean, this is a huge offseason. This is a very integral, huge offseason for the future of this team. And exactly what you're talking about, it's about building around the players that they already have. Now, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I'm going to add him in that core because he is part of their core and he's a big part of their core. The question now is, can they get a deal done? And if they do get a deal done, then it's on to the next step. But that has to be, in my opinion, probably one of the more one of the most focused upon aspects of this offseason is what's going to happen with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Because number one, if you don't sign him, then essentially you're pretty much going to have to split up McDavid and Dreisel, which I think is the, the plan in the future anyway, but you're also going to have to go out there and get another top six winger that isn't there anymore. Because when he was on wing, he was their best winger. So, you know, for me, that's the area up front that they really have to focus on is number one, finding wingers to play in the top six that can go out there and do a job and can do a job well. And obviously you want to try and get them as economically as possible, but those are holes that absolutely need to be filled. And here's the thing. In the bottom six, you're always trying to bolster up your center position. Number one, face-offs. We noticed that in the series against Winnipeg. It was a, it was a, it was a negative aspect of the team that they have to get better at. And you know me, I'm not a huge face-off guy. I'm not a guy that says, you know, you've heard coaches talk about it. There is no distinction between a good face-off team and necessarily win percentage. But where it really does show itself is in crucial situations. And well, for me... It's, kill, it's those, killed them the last two years yes, of the playoffs. There you go. There you they go. lost games me, off of face-off losses. And that's why it's even more magnified. So it's more magnified now, and it's certainly an area they have to shore up. But there's some work to be done here. You have to pluck in some players that are going to come in and play the way they want to play, the way that they've started to have an identity of playing the game, which has allowed them to get into the postseason two years in a row. And I think that's what you really have to focus on here is that the next step becomes the bigger one. And I'll even, you know, I'll look to the Toronto Maple Leafs who have lost some playoff series too but they look like they're on the brink tonight of going into the second round. And, you know, that's a team that's had to take some lumps along the way. You have to learn those hard lessons that Dave Tippett talks about are incredibly tough lessons. I mean, they never leave you. Those are, those are things that will never leave these players. The feeling that the players have after losing four straight to the Winnipeg Jets, I promise you will be with them for the rest of their career. They will never forget that because that's how damaging it is and how, you know, tough it is to suck that up and move forward and say, listen, but it also will drive you to be better. And I believe that's going to be the case with this team. But now they have to do some housekeeping. They're going to have to look at this and the question, James Neal, again, there's a contract that has become a little bit of a problem. They didn't play him at the end of the year. They tried to get him in there. He has two more years left at 5.75. Um, that's a big contract that can be used for other things. How are they going to deal with that contract? 
Uh, Miko Koska, another question mark on the team. Okay, listen. Obviously, I don't think he's part of the future here. I don't. I think so. That's also another a goalie with another year left on his contract. Um, he did some good work. Don't get me wrong. I'm not throwing Miko Koska on the bus. All I'm saying is, if you look at the way this season went. It doesn't look like he's part of the future in that sense. So that's another area where they need to get Mike Smith resigned. You heard Ken Holland say he wants to resign him. Listen, I know he's going to be 40 years old, but the guy came in and played incredibly well. But he is going to need someone to step in there and share the load with him. Alex Stalock's under under contract, but certainly you can never be too deep in the goaltender position as we saw this year. So you you need people that are sitting there in the waiting trying to wait for their opportunity to get in there and make an impact. And you have to also, Bob, you mentioned it earlier, I do believe in this stage of Edmonton's um, progression and development, you have to have entry-level players that come in and have an impact. Now, they have a few guys. You mentioned them. I do believe Broberg is going to step in potentially next year and get games, and he's going to certainly have an impact. Evan Bouchard is ready for more, in my opinion. He's ready for more, and he's going to get more. Dylan Holloway, you mentioned, also another player that I truly think is going to step in and he's going to get a real good look. I know Ken Holland has you know, historically been a, a general manager that likes to overseason his young players. That works when you have already a deep team that you have the luxury of doing that with. I think they might have to fast-track that a bit if these players can step in and have that impact. That's, that's the question mark, and that's what remains to be seen. I believe they can, and that will be vital in a salary cap stricken world of the NHL right now of having entry-level deals that can go in and do a job. Louie, great stuff. Appreciate your time. Love the passion. All right. Take care, bud. You bet that's Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Quickly into the Oilers Now lineup report for North 49 Home Inspections before buying your next home. Know what you're getting into. Well, here's what the Oilers are moving forward here with. This is just, uh, you know, a, a rough sketch of what their lineup. McDavid, Settle, and McLeod, three centers under contract. McLeod on the ELC. On the right side, four right wings. Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, Cassian, and Archibald. Right now, left wing is completely open. Yes, they can re-sign Nugent Hopkins. Yes, they can re-sign Shore, but as it stands now, that's open. they got an open spot at 4C, in my opinion, as well. Nurse and Ethan Bear, uh, you know, Clefbaum's injury, we'll see where that goes. We'll talk a bit about that, the injury report. Right now, second pairing right shot D, theoretically, you'd be looking at... Uh, you know, Adam Larson potentially. They've got Bouchard, so you could have Bear, Larson, and Bouchard on the right side. Not sure about Clefbaum got Lagason and Russell under contract. Yesterday, uh, Ken Holland saying he'd like to bring back Mike Smith. Miko Koskinen is under contract. Roughly $54 million and 600000 including some creative license with potential buyouts. So, that, again, that's the North Fort. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lineup report. We'll take a quick timeout and uh, come back with the Oilers injury report when we return in Oilers now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Let's go into the Oilers Now Injury Report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630 Chad's Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to 630, uh, well, uh, 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous sponsor at jameshbrown.com. Brendan Escott, uh, we'll give a quick rundown around the league, but uh, we'll tell you Oscar Clefbaum again. You heard Ken Holland yesterday. Uh, we're not going to know much of the cleft bomb situation until maybe July at the earliest. Brendan, what else we got around the league? Well, John Taveras is skating uh, prior to the Maple Leafs, or he did for about 20 minutes this morning ahead of Game 5 tonight. Nick Felino is out for the Leafs. Rasmus, da- or not uh, Dali, Rasmus Sandin will uh, draw back into the lineup and play with Zach Bogosian. There you go. It is uh, 12.58. Off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Evan Cook. When we come back, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. We're going to talk a bit about the Oilers' goaltending situation for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.